I know going to be a familiar passage for probably everyone in this place, um, but it is, it's good, it's good to visit, visit these passages from time to time that maybe we, we know and, and perhaps we even have memorized, but to dive into it and to remind ourselves of what God is for us and what God's Word says, says, uh, says to us. So, We're going to just go right into it here today, Psalm chapter 23, I'm going to begin in verse number 1. David, writing this psalm, he says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, he leadeth me in the paths of right or I'm sorry, he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they Comfort me, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. So surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful song that, that David writes here. This, this song that that David himself was very intimate with. This is a very intimate type of a, a psalm that he would write him growing up as a shepherd. Now, now this was a, a profession that the time that was, it was not a lofty profession. It was not looked at as, as the, the thing that you would desire to do. Not everyone desired to grow up to be a shepherd. That was, it was something that was common for the day. There were, uh, there was a, a livestock culture, an agrarian culture of that day, but, but it was not necessarily the thing that everyone wanted to do. That's why we see David being the youngest of the children. He was the one that was sent out into the fields. We see the shepherds that they were often the ones that were on the outskirts of society and they, they spent their time outside of the city and, and they were not the ones who were, uh, the most well bathed and the most well taken care of. They weren't necessarily the ones that, uh, that, that got along with everybody, but they had their sheep. They had their sheep that they would spend their days with and they, they developed a relationship with their sheep. They developed a, a closeness and a fondness for the sheep that they were taking care of, for the, the ones that, that they were in charge of. Now, now it was, there were, there were really two things, two different, um, types of, of individuals that you could call a shepherd. The one would be a hireling and the other being a shepherd himself. And, and the difference is, in Scripture, we see these two different terms for someone who would take care of a, a flock of sheep. And, and, and a hireling is somebody that those sheep don't belong to him or they don't belong to, to his family. 
He's, he's hired to take care of somebody else's sheep. He's hired to, uh, to care for them and, and to, to watch over them, but, but this is not his property. And the shepherd, on the other hand, that these sheep belong to him. These sheep were purchased by him. These sheep, they, they are his, uh, his prize. This, this is, there, he has some, uh, he has a, a big stake in the ones that he's caring for. And so God, he, he doesn't refer to himself as a hireling. We see that sometimes in scripture, there's, uh, God, God points to some leaders as, as simply being hirelings and, and using this, this metaphor of sheep and shepherd. He says, you don't want to be just a hireling. He says, I, I haven't set you. I haven't called you to be a hireling for these people. I've called you to be a shepherd. I want you to take ownership of them. I don't want you to just, uh, to just, you know, not care really about how, uh, how their well-being is. And, and God is the same way. God has a shepherd sheep relationship with his people. This isn't, this isn't the only time in scripture that we see this metaphor being used for, for this relationship between God and man. This is a, a, a relationship that we see often throughout scripture is, is God referred to as the shepherd and us, the sheep. I want to, I want to just point to a couple of scriptures. There's, there's many others. The first time that we really see God referred to as a shepherd is all the way in Genesis. But we see it other times in, in Psalms. But let's go to this scripture in Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 11. You can turn your attention up here. You can turn to it in your Bible. Isaiah 40, 11, it says that he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and, and carry them in his bosom. He shall gently lead those that are with the young. This is this relationship that he's, he cares for them. He's, he, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He's going to gather the lambs in with his arms. He, he's tender with those who he cares for. He's tender with those whom he has uh, close to him. It says in Ezekiel 34 verse 15, it says, I will feed my flock. I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. Micah, Micah chapter 7 verse 14 says, feed thy people with thy rod. This is instruction from God to the leaders there. But it says, feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage, which dwell solitarily in the wood in the midst of Carmel. Let them feed in Bashan and Gilead as in the days of old. This isn't just a, an Old Testament metaphor that's used, but it's brought over into the New Testament. We see this same thing, this relationship that God would have with mankind being uh, referred to as a shepherd-sheep relationship. In John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking here, and, and he's telling a parable, and he, he says, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And, and he's speaking of himself in this circumstance that he is the shepherd of the sheep, that we are the sheep and he is the chief shepherd. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews 13, it tells us, it says, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, that God is the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. First Peter 2.25 again describes this says, for you were as sheep that were going astray, and you're now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. 
the shepherd, the, the, and the, the caretaker, the one who, who is watching out for you, who's, who is, uh, who is there for you no matter where you're at. He is the shepherd of our souls. Now, now we see this same metaphor used in scripture for any type of spiritual leadership. We see spiritual leaders being referred to as the shepherd of the sheep and and the pastor of a church being the shepherd of the sheep and and that that's a it's a good great illustration for what God is is calling us to when we step into a leadership role or a pastoral role but but ultimately God is the shepherd even above any any spiritual leadership that's placed here on earth God himself is the shepherd of us all God himself is the chief shepherd. He is the great shepherd. He is the one that is above all that he himself has not delegated the responsibility of relationship just to mankind. He hasn't delegated the responsibility of, of being a, uh, being a, a shepherd to the sheep just to the pastors or just to the spiritual leaders that are here. But, but God says, I am your shepherd. I I'm the one that wants to be with you and to lead you and guide you. I am there to come and to be by your side. I am your shepherd. I, and you are my sheep. You belong to my sheepfold. The whole church, it belongs to my, that is my sheepfold. In fact, all of creation, all of mankind, you are my sheepfold. And, the, and, 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 and there's some that have gone astray. There's some that have gone astray and, and the, the shepherd is, is reaching. He's reaching out. He's, he's looking for those that have gone astray. We really all, it's, it's not just the church that's the sheepfold. We are all the sheep of God. We are all the ones that he is shepherding and, and God, he will at times, he's, he's, he's pulling us back. He's pulling individuals back, drawing us to him and, and so we see this, it's such a, a powerful metaphor when we begin to realize the care that a shepherd has for his sheep. So ask, ask yourself, what is, what is God trying to tell us by describe, describing himself in this way? What is this shepherd-sheep relationship? Um, what, what, is, what is God trying to get us to understand? We see a shepherd, and the shepherd is a protector. He's there to, to protect the sheep. He, he doesn't want to lose any sheep. He doesn't want the, the enemies to come and to, uh, to snatch, snatch away the life of any of his sheep. He's a protector of his flock. We see the shepherd. He's the one who, who leads them to a fresh sources of food. He's, he's not going to just lead the, uh, leave them there in one valley and, and that's where they're always going to spend their days. But no, he, he leads them from this place. To a, a place that's a couple miles away where he knows that there's, uh, there's gonna be some fresh grass and, and the sheep aren't going to just, uh, just eat all the grass and destroy the land and, and he's gonna lead them to another place and he'll lead them to a place where there's water and, and, and the shepherd is the one that's leading them to those fresh food sources. He's the one that's gonna sustain them. The shepherd cares for the wounds of the sheep. When the sheep gets hurt, when the sheep is 
is badly wounded. He's, he's there to, to pick him up, to bandage the wound, to care for the one who is wounded. The, the shepherd is the one that corrects the bad behavior of the sheep. The correction is necessary sometimes. Correction is, is, uh, is loving. It's, it's loving to be corrected. It, it is, it would not be, God would not be a loving God if he did not correct bad behavior. And, and God, he, he sees sometimes the sheep that are going astray and, and he, and he'll try to, to help, uh, steer us back to him. He'll try to help steer us back to a place where we are in right, uh, back in the sheepfold. He goes and he seeks for the lost. He's, he's out there and we see this, um, we see this, told in other ways, in other metaphors as well, that God is the one who's out looking for the lost. He's looking for the lost and, and he's seeking for them. He's, he's wanting them to come back. So, so this is the role of a shepherd. And we could, we could probably dive deeper into that. But I want to I look at, you know, what about the sheep? We being the sheep. In, in order to really fully grasp this understanding, we need a first Look at ourselves and say, oh, I'm a sheep. If God's the shepherd, then I'm a sheep. And if I'm a sheep, what does that mean for me? What does it mean for me as a sheep? Well, the first thing I would say is that a sheep is not 100% um, 100% reliant upon the shepherd, meaning that he can survive. It's possible for a sheep to survive without a shepherd. It's possible. But it's not ideal. The sheep is, uh, the sheep is not a, uh, is not a wild animal. That's not what, as in, in this, in this instance, in, in what Jesus and, and God is describing in scripture, he's not describing just some wild sheep. He's describing a domesticated animal. And God, Himself, He has created us in such a way that, that we ought to rely on Him. That we ought to be dependent on Him. But we do have the choice. We do have the choice to wander off and to go and to try to do it on our own. We have the ability to go and, and to try to live life our own way. And we can get through life that way, but it's not ideal. The ideal situation for a sheep is to come under the guidance and the leadership of the shepherd so that the shepherd is there to protect, so that the shepherd is there to bring us to fresh sources of food, so that the shepherd is there to care for our wounds, so that the shepherd is able to correct us when we get off path and we get uh, some bad behaviors going on. The shepherd is the one who is watching out for us. And we as sheep, oftentimes, we simply, when we're just doing it on our own, we have our head down. And we're trying to get through life. And we, sometimes we don't even realize that we have, uh, th- that we have a need that the shepherd, if we were under the guidance of the shepherd, that he would take care of. I have a couple quotes over to the side and there's this one that uh, I honestly I don't know what Aristotle knew about uh, shepherding a sheep but he had this great quote and so I he says that a sheep is a foolish and a sluggish creature I don't believe he was a, a shepherd but he was an observer he says a sheep, a sheep is a foolish and a sluggish creature 
aptest of anything to wander. Though it feel no want and unablest to return, a sheep can make no shift to save itself from tempest or inundation. There it stands and it will perish if not driven away by the shepherd. That a sheep itself, it's, it's, it's the one that uh, oftentimes it, 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 it will wander away. It will, it will have its head down just following the, you know, just, just following the path of where it wants to go. And, and sometimes it, when the, when the tempests come or things come its way, it, it doesn't know what to do at that point. And so it stands there and it's, it's not driven away if, if, unless the shepherd is there to come to, to bring it to a place of safety. It's going to perish in the, in the midst of these, uh, the, these, uh, hostile environment that it's in. See, the shepherd is there to provide. The shepherd is there to love. Let's, let's dive into these, these scriptures here. I want to go into Psalm chapter 23, verse number 1. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, it said, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When I was young, I, I, I used to think that this means... Uh, uh, it, was, it was confusing to me because I was like, why, why is David saying the Lord is the shepherd that I don't want? And that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that God is a shepherd that you don't want to have. He's saying, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have no wants. I am in want of nothing. This is a, uh, in, in the Hebrew, it's my understanding that this is a, a very emphatic uh, statement that David is making here. He's, he's saying, I want nothing. I am in need of absolutely nothing as long as the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I have need of because God is there to supply every possible want of my body, every possible want of my spirit, everything that my soul needs. God is there. God provides everything for me. There is nothing that I need that is not provided by my God. And this is, you could look at this in two different ways. You could look at this as a declarative statement, a declaration that we're making that says all my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd. And I, I declare that I believe that, that all of my needs are to be provided by the Lord. But it's also a decision that you have to make. Because you need to decide to desire no more than what the shepherd gives. It's a decision that we have to make to say, you know what, there's some out, there's some things out there, Brother Duffy, there's things that I may think I want. There's some things that, that a sheep, he may look, he may look over the, uh, look over, you know, the fence or the, the place where he's at, he's being kept in, and he may look on the other side and say, wow, that grass is pretty green over there. I think I want some of that. And he, got, he finds his way over to it. But the shepherd says, you know what? I've got you here for a reason. I'm keeping you here for a reason. And you may look over there and say that the grass seems a bit greener. 
But I have you in this place for a reason. And I have given you everything that you need. I've given you everything that, that you, uh, that, that you should desire. It is provided for you. And there is nothing outside of what God's provision is that you should truly be chasing after and wanting and desiring. There's nothing that this world has that we should desire. This world, it has a whole lot of temptations and a whole lot of things that it wants to put your way. And it's a good, there's a good salesman out there called Hollywood. There's a good salesman out there that's, uh, that, that is Satan himself that is trying to sell us a bill of goods that he says, the Lord, he is not a, he doesn't uh, give you everything that you need. He isn't giving you all that. Let me show you some other stuff that you're going to want. I mean, this is, this is the oldest, the oldest thing in the book. We see Adam and Eve. They had everything that they needed in the garden. Everything that they needed. God says, look, all this abundance. Look at all of this. Now, there's one thing that I want to keep you away from. And it's for your good. But there's a salesman in the midst of the garden. He says, ah, there's one thing, there's one thing that outside is outside of what God is telling you that you can have, that, that you, you want this. You, you're going to desire this. You need to desire this. And, and he'll sell you on it and he'll try to get you to believe it. And there's, there's things in this world that, 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 that the devil is, is going to, he's going to try to find every angle he can to get you to desire things that you should not have. But I, when, when that happens, when you feel that tug that's pulling you away from the word of God, you under, you must understand that all those are just a bunch of sales pitches from the enemy. And you say, I have everything that I want. I have everything that I need in God. I don't need the things of this world to, to satisfy my soul. I only need what God provides. He is my shepherd. He is, he is my provider. Amen. Verse two, verse, in fact, verse two and three, let's read those. He says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The shepherd is a leader and a sustainer. I think that the uh, first line there is an interesting line because it says that he maketh me to lie down. He makes me lie down. You know, there's, there's times where I feel like I, I, I know what I need. But God says, I'm going to make you lie down. I'm going to, to make the situation such that you are able to lie down and get the, the, the rest for your soul, that you're able to get the, um, uh, that you're able to be sustained in this, this moment that you're going through in life. And, and I see, um, or there's a, there's a book that I, that I have that was written by a, a shepherd. And the book is titled uh, Psalm chapter 23 uh, from the, I guess I, I said title, I don't remember the title, but it's Psalm chapter 23 uh, written from the perspective of a shepherd. And um, and it's he, he puts in this book four necessary conditions to make a sheep lie down. He says that a sheep themselves, there's there's many reasons why a sheep will not just go and find rest. 
Sheep themselves, he says, are, are timid creatures. They're very fearful creatures. I don't know if anybody in here has ever experienced fear. Anybody in here has ever experienced anxiety, some things that you're going through, and, and, and you can't truly get the rest for your soul. You, you're, you're, you're battling things, and, and a, sh- a true shepherd will come, and, and he can wipe away every fear, every anxiety that we have. And he says that he maketh us to lie down. He, he, if we allow him to, he can remove our fear. He can remove our anxiety if we put our trust in him. If we just let our soul come to rest in him. He is our shepherd and, and he will make the circumstance such that, that we don't have to live in fear. And we can, we can live in peace and know God, even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of, of this, this turmoil that I'm in, God, I trust you and I'm able to get the rest that I need because I know that you are my shepherd. God, I know that you are there, and no matter what I'm afraid of in this moment, God, I can rest in you. I can find comfort in you, and I can lie down in the green pastures. He says that, he says that sheep themselves, they are social animals. And sh- sheep, as, as social animals, they won't lie down if there's friction among the herd. I thought that was interesting. He says, I, he says in this book, he says, I've... Uh, I've noticed, you know, the sheep and how they interact with one another. And, and, and uh, for the most part, the sheep, they're getting along with each other. But, but every once in a while, you have those troublemakers. And you have those trouble sheep. And, and him being the shepherd, he's not going to just go and, and kill the troublemakers. That's, and and this, he loves all of them. And so that's, it's not what he's just going to go do and just, uh, you know, just, just cut them out of the herd. But, but he's going to try to, to come in and to, to bring peace into the situation, to, to bring, find a way to, uh, to cut, cut back on the friction among the herd. And so the, these, these sheep being social animals, he says that they, uh, the whole herd is affected when there's friction just amongst a, a couple of them. So the shepherd, he will come and, and, and if we allow him to, he can resolve situations. And, and if we listen to the word of God, if we allow the word of God to speak into our situations, then, then the friction amongst us can be taken care of and, and we can allow, uh, peace to come and, and we can find rest in him. The shepherd, I'm sorry, the sheep, they will not lie down if they are bothered by flies, or if they're bothered by parasites. If there's, there are things that are, that are coming and, and they just keep nagging at us, and there are things that may be just small, little insignificant things, but yet they keep annoying us and then they're coming at us, and, and they're, they're things that, uh, that, typically because of a wound that's that's there and and the shepherd will come and he will begin to bind up the wound and we'll get to this in just a minute um here to just dive into that a little deeper but the sheep he doesn't allow those flies those parasites to keep gnawing at the wound and to keep those those sheep from finding the rest that they need 
A, a, a sh- uh, sheep, they are anxious. If they're anxious about food or if they're hungry, then they're not going to lie down. They're going to be up and they're going to be uh, searching for food. They're going to be uh, anxious about it. And so the shepherd is the one who leads them to the food, leads them to a place where they can be fed. And so we see this, all of this, that, that God is the one. He will lead us to li- or he will make us to lie down in green pastures. Lead us beside the still waters. And then he restoreth my soul. See those, those green pastures and those still waters that he will lead us to. Uh, I believe that God, he knows exactly what we need. He knows when we need to lie down in the green pastures. He knows when we need to go beside the still waters. He knows when we need to uh, go here or there, God. He knows our needs. And sometimes, or, and I believe that he knows our needs better than we know our needs. Sometimes we feel like, well, I need to go and, um, and, uh, and I need to satisfy my needs, you know, this way or that way. And, and, and as long as I do that, then I'm going to be full. I, I'm going to be, uh, I'll be better. I'll be feeling better. And then I can go about my day. And God says, you just come to me. Let me lead you. Let me guide you. And I'll bring you to the still waters. I'll bring you to the green pastures. I'll put you in the places that you need to be. Don't you go searching on your own to, uh, to satisfy your soul. Come to me. Come to me. I know your needs. In fact, Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs 14, verse 12 it says that there is a way which seemeth right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I, I don't want to just follow the ways of man. I don't just want to follow uh, my, my own ways as a sheep that's gone because there's a sheep that is just uh, following my own path. I want to follow the path that God has laid out for me. See, the shepherd's motivation in this, the shepherd's motivation in leading us to the um, to the green pastures or to the still waters or wherever he's leading us is all because he loves his sheep. See, the sheep, the sheep didn't need to know where the green pastures or the still waters were. All they needed to know was where the shepherd was. The sheep, they they don't need to know necessarily where the green pastures are. uh, Abraham, Abraham himself we see this played out in his life, and, and God called him. He says, I want you to go to a land that you don't know. He didn't know it, but he says, just follow me, and I'll lead you. I'll guide you. I'll be there with you. And, and Abraham allowed himself to be shepherded by God, and he didn't know the path that he was going to go on. And maybe yourself here today, you, you, you wake up in the morning, and, and, and you say, man, another day here at this job. Another day, another day stuck doing this, uh, this thing or that thing or, or whatever your, your situation is. And you're saying, man, I, I just wish I had another path. I wish I, I wish I was doing something else. And you know, sometimes, sometimes we're in the position that we're at for, a, for a time. And God says, I have something for you, but, but you just trust me and I'll lead you there. I'll lead you to the place that you need to be. I may have something greater in store for you, but you trust me where you're at in the moment. Trust me where you are and, 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 and let me lead you. Let me guide you. You don't know. You don't know where the, the, the next pasture is at. You don't know where the, the best green pasture is. You know, Lot, he thought he knew. 
Lot thought he knew where the best pasture was to take himself and his sheep. He looked out when, when he had the choice. This is, uh, I guess, to, to uh, bring us to the place. This is uh, Abraham and Lot. They're, uh, uh, they're traveling together, him and his nephew, Abraham and his nephew. And, and, and finally there came some friction among them. And, and they had to choose uh, they had a day where they could choose which way they were going to go. And Lot looked out, it says, he looked out amongst all the plain, amongst all the land that they were in. And he saw some really green, fertile land. He says, I'm going to choose that one. I'm going to go that way. All this other stuff, it's barren. It's, it's not good for the sheep. It's not good for you. And, and yet, the path that, uh, that, that Lot chose... It was in the way of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he himself chose that path. And I don't believe that that's, that's where God was trying to bring him to. But yet Abraham going into the land that was barren, to the land that was not fertile. Uh, he was blessed by God. He was, uh, he was led by God to the, uh, you know, everywhere that he went. And he was, um, he was tremendously blessed in it. And, and Lot, he kept getting sucked more and more into the world. See, we don't necessarily know which uh, ourselves um, what is the best path. But if we can trust God, he will lead us to the places that we need to be. God will lead you. Uh, but, but you need to have a, that relationship with him. You need to have some communication with him. If you're not praying every day, come on, let's just bring it down to, uh, to where it's at. If you're not praying, how can you hear the voice of your shepherd? If you don't have a, a, a prayer life, how can you know which way God is leading you? If, if you don't, if you're not reading the word of God and you're, you know, the only time that you open this book is when you're here in church, then, then how can you know when you are, which way God is leading you and where the paths of righteousness are at and where the, the still waters are at and the green pastures? Because if we're doing it just our way, you're going to be led astray. The paths of man are the paths of destruction. But the paths of God are the paths of, are the paths of life. And so the only way that you can know the path of God is if you listen, if you talk to him, if you have a relationship with him. And that comes in prayer. Church, we must have a prayer life. We must be a church that prays. We must be a people that prays. Because that is where we hear the voice of the shepherd. See, the sheep, the sheep need to be able to hear and recognize the voice of their shepherd. I, I, should, have, I should have had our, um, our sound team or our, our media team uh, have this, this video. There's a, a beautiful video that illustrates the fact that the sheep know the, the, the voice of their shepherd. I, I saw this just a little while back of a, a shepherd that's... Um, it's out and, and there's, there's no sheep around him, but he just comes out in the, in the morning and there's, there's fog all around and, and he begins just to call for his sheep. You can't see any sheep anywhere uh, out there, but he just begins to call for his sheep. And as the shepherd begins to, uh, to, to speak up and, and to, to let his voice go out, all of a sudden, all the sheep, all these sheep that he has, they recognize the voice of their shepherd. And they all come running to him and they, they come around him and he begins to feed for them and care for them. And that's how it ought to be for us. We ought to know the voice of our shepherd. And if you don't pray, 
If we don't have a prayer life, then how do you really know the voice of your shepherd? See, prayer, prayer is what uh, is what allows us to be led to the paths of righteousness, into the path or into the green pastures and the beside the still waters. That's what leads us to the place that God is 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 protecting us. Amen. Let's continue here. The the shepherd he restores our soul. That phrase restores my soul. It's in the Hebrew. It has this uh, this meaning attached to it. It's it's that he brought us to a place of repentance. He restores my soul, or he he brought me to a place of repentance. See what what good is it to have green pastures and to have a black soul? If we ourselves are going and and we we think that we're we're living in this. Uh, in the blessings of God, I've, I've, uh, I've seen it said too many times, you know, that um, the things that we have, the blessings that we have are, are the, uh, a sign of approval from God. And the fact that, that things are, seem to be going well in our life, that, that that's a sign of God's approval. And, and I can't, I can't, you can't just point to the physical things of this world and Attach God's approval to your life because you have blessings coming your way. Okay? Just because your job gave you a raise doesn't mean that you're in the right job. Just because, just because that car that you were hoping for, it fell into your lap and, 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 and you ended up getting that car doesn't necessarily mean that you have God's approval on your life. And I'll even get to what we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, talking about the spiritual gifts. Just because you're even being used in the church and you have, uh, you know, a gift uh, that, that God is using you in. Now, even that doesn't mean that you have God's approval on your life. But what we what we need to know is that is that. Uh, if, if I'm just going and, and my life is not, uh, if I'm not following the voice of God and letting Him lead me along the path that I need to be on, then my soul, if it, my soul is not restored in the place that I'm at, if I'm not in the right relationship when right where I need to be with God, then, then I need to be brought back and have my soul restored by Him. I need him to pick me up on his shoulders and to bring me back to where I belong because I can be living along, uh, living out there in a green pasture where I, I seem to be blessed and I seem to have all these things that are going right in my life. But if I'm not in the church, if I'm not where I need to be in God, then it's all fool's gold. It's all fool's gold. You can feel like you're in the blessings of God, but if you are not, if you are not uh, truly living a righteous life and living a, a, a life that is pursuing Him, all those blessings of life are one day going to crumble down. Amen. Let's follow the paths of righteousness. He says He leads me along the paths of righteousness. See, the way of the sheep is the way of the disciple. We must deny ourselves and follow him. Deny the things that we desire, follow him fully. It's not this path of self-righteousness. It's the path of God's righteousness. It's not just the things that when I look at, uh, look at things, I'm like, eh, this is the right thing to do. No, it's, I need to follow God. What do you say is the right thing to do? 
in prayer, God, what are you telling me is the right path, the right thing to do? God, I want to be led along the paths of righteousness. I mean, the shepherd is our protector. Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, it says, it says that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. A valley of the shadow of death. Imagine the shepherd uh, leading his sheep at times. He needs to go through dangerous places. There's, there's certain places where there were, uh, there were enemies, there were uh, uh, beasts that would come and they, they could, uh, they could attack the sheep, but yet he needs to go through those paths at times, or this valley of the shadow of death. He needs to go through there sometimes. But notice it does say, I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Not, I will walk to the valley of shadow of death and just leave you there. I will walk through this with you. And we'll go and you follow me and we'll go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to leave you in the valley of the shadow of death uh, for the rest of your life. But but there are times when we need to go through the valley. And as we go through the valley, I will be with you always. See the enemies and evil, they may be present. But fear in this has been banished. He says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. My shepherd is with me. He has his rod and he has his staff that's there to protect me. That rod, it's used to fend off those animals. He can beat it. He can beat the animals. The staff is there. It's to support. It's to round up the flock. And if I go astray, as I'm in the valley, the the shepherd, he takes that hook and he brings me back to that discipline in that place, in that time. It's, It's for security. It's a great comfort to know that God will correct us when needed. Amen. Let's let's finish this out here with these last two verses in verse five and verse six. I know we're coming coming to a close here today. Verse five and verse six says, "Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil; my cup it runneth over. For surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." I've seen these last two verses uh, interpreted. A couple of different ways. The one being a, a pivot that David makes here at this point, and in coming to a or kind of coming off the shepherd sheep analogy and bringing us to a table, a banquet table. And uh, I think that's a, that's appropriate, David. He would understand that. But but it also, and this this again, uh, coming from this shepherd's view of, of Psalm twenty three. Explains this being a, a table, uh, a high point, a place of uh, a place where where you you see all of this this land that's there that, that the sheep can graze, and, and as they're there, the enemies they may be surrounding us, but God He's laid out this banquet table, this place where where we are able to feast, and He is there protecting us no matter how many enemies are surrounding us in that place where we are. God is there. I love this, what, what this uh, minister, Alexander McLaren, what he had to say, he says, this is the condition of God's servant. Always in conflict, but always a spread table. And this life that we live, it was not promised to be one without conflict. But God always has a spread table for us. No matter what conflict you may be going through, the valley of the shadow of death, the things that uh, the enemy may be surrounding you while you're there, God says, I will still take care of you. I will still feed you.
I want you to know today that, that if you're going through situations, if you're going through something today, rest assured that God is still in it. This goes back again to the point that blessings themselves do not indicate that you're in the right place with God. You, you can be going through some tough times in your life and you can be exactly where God wants you to be. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care for you. In fact, God is there to protect you. The host's care and concern, it doesn't eliminate the presence of our enemies. The fact that God cares for you and he, he's concerned for you doesn't eliminate the fact that the enemies are there, but it enables this experience of God's goodness even in the midst of them. That God is good. It says he anoints my head with oil. He anoints my head with oil. Goodness and mercy, they'll follow me as long as I am there allowing the shepherd to lead me. The goodness and mercy are there with me. I'm just going to close close with this, this portion of Scripture that says that he anoints my head with oil. My cup, it runneth over. There's a, uh, a shepherd that... Um, was explaining this this portion of scripture right here, this saying that he anoints my head with oil and and the sheep themselves, this this man he says that the sheep they can get their heads caught in the in the briars and they can they can get the, these cuts all over their head and, and get tangled in these things and all of a sudden these little flies and all these pests and things start coming to those cuts where it was at and what the shepherd will do uh, in order to uh, to stop the tormenting of these insects and the and the diseases that they can cause, what the shepherd will do is they'll anoint the head of that sheep. Or they'll take oil and they'll pour it over the head of that sheep. And what that oil does is he pours it over the head of that sheep that has all of these cuts and and and, and, and wounds that are there. He will this this oil it begins to act as a salve, a bandage for those wounds. And it protects against these things that, that are coming into those, those wounds. And, and it makes it a, a, a peaceful for the sheep. It protects the mind of the sheep. And if that's you here today and you say, God, my, I've, been, I've been going through so much mental turmoil. He will anoint your head with oil. The worrisome thoughts that you have had invading your mind over and over. He says, I'm there and I can come and protect you. And have you ever asked God to protect your head with oil? God has an endless supply of the oil that you need today. Whatever wounds you may have, God has an endless supply to come to fix your heart, to fix your mind, to fix your soul. He has an endless supply to come to begin to anoint your head. In fact, it says that it will come running over if you're in your cup. It will come. He will pour it out generously. And so that's you here today. If we could just uh, lift our hands up. I know we have those that are coming in from our Sunday school classes here right now. But if you could lift up your head, uh, hands right now and just allow the oil that God has to begin to be poured over you. If you're in need of that today, would you just ask him for it? Would you just ask God for it? Lord, I have some cuts and I have some wounds. I have some things, God, that I need your oil to be poured over me. Lord, I need the salve, God, to come and to, 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 to 
cover my wounds, Lord, to protect me from these things that, that can come in, Lord, and they be, can begin to gnaw away, Lord, at me and, and, and to, to, to cause me, Lord, to, uh, to lose my, to lose life and to lose, Lord, hope. And God, I need your oil today. Well, there's peace in the midst of the valley. You don't have to fear. Jesus, I pray right now, Lord, pour your cup out. Lord, pour, pour the oil out here today. Lord, let your spirit, Lord, rest in this place right now. Lord, I pray and let your spirit, Lord, come down in this house right now. Lord, that we could feel your presence. Lord, when we're in your presence, God, we know, God, that everything is going to be all right. God, that I may have enemies surrounding me, but God, everything is going to be okay. God, I may have, Lord, some cuts and some wounds, but everything's going to be okay because you are my shepherd. God, you are my provider. God, you are the one that will come and will bandage me up and take care of me, God. My cup, in fact, it is overflowing with blessing. God, it's overflowing with things that I don't deserve because you are a shepherd that loves me and cares for me. God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd.